Welcome to the Conscious Fire Culture. We give you direct access to healers, practitioners, and shamans as we explore alternative medicine for wildland firefighters. The mission is to break the stigma of mental health in wildland fire and lower the suicide rates. Our intention is to guide you through a transformation that creates a ripple effect in our community. Welcome, I'm so excited you've made it. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the wildland fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, so the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is, is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me it's like, you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and See if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past, and to truly release it, to let it go. And when I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session, and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I, I cry. Like it, it's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. And but I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. 
It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's that's because of the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there. If it looks like something you want, let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am so excited to have Roger here. He is a participant. He's a participant in the retreat with the Wildland Wellness Foundation and his experiences were so amazing. I just watched his transformation from the outside and and he's here to talk about it. He's going to tell his story to us and and Roger, dude, thank you just so much. Like brother, thank you so much for being here and sharing because there's so many wildland firefighters in the exact place you were like the exact place you were there's hundreds there's thousands of us that are in that place right now and so your story is is powerful man so thank you so much for sharing and and would you mind just introducing yourself and, and kind of let us know like how long you've been in fire and, and kind of where you were before the retreat yeah absolutely uh, thanks again for for having me a, a just amazing opportunity and i'm so happy to be able to speak to the experience that we we had down there as a group, uh, but specifically, you know, the journey that I was on. Uh, you know, for me, uh, my career with the Forest Service started in 2004 uh, after a season of volunteering in 2003 uh, with the trails crew. I was in, living in Southern California at the time. So about an 18-year uh, fire career thus far and uh, came into the apprenticeship program early on. So got a taste of uh, the engine life, the hotshot life, and the, the aviation life. And I ended up kind of being really intrigued by the aviation world. Uh, my, my time has been spent on the Tahoe National Forest, Northern California, for my career, with the exception of a, a few details, and then a year on the, the Reading Hotshots, but uh, back in 2012. So I've been in primarily in aviation for the bulk of that time, and just kind of... Uh, loved that arena uh loved the just everything about the complexities of it the, the flexibility of it the freedom of it and uh, kind of worked my way up through the program there so currently uh the superintendent of the helitech program there on the tahoe national forest uh, worked for a lot of amazing people uh, and i have a lot of still amazing mentors uh doing the work and a few that have retired and have since moved on but uh yeah that's that's a little bit about where I'm at now and kind of how I, how I came to be there. Oh, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. So, so I want to go straight into the gut of this thing. Okay. I I, want to know, like, I want you to speak to kind of where you were like, and there's a moment that you talked about in the retreat where you sat your wife down and you, you were telling her some stuff that was super deep. Like, can you take us back to that moment? And there was also a moment where like, in that time, like her phone had a notification that literally changed your life, right? Yeah, you know, and so I'll, I'll actually take a 
this is a, a step back real quick and just mention this because it kind of, it all ties into where I found myself. You know, I, I remember the, the, the very first start of my career reporting to work in uh, late, late June, I think it was up here. To, uh, and within that, that first couple of weeks, not knowing anything, being brand new, uh, I was on an engine that year and we, we, we get our uniforms on and, and we load up and we drive down to a memorial for a, for a firefighter that had had a Cal fire firefighter that had passed away in aviation. It was actually Eva Shakey's memorial. And, uh, it, it didn't register at that point. I didn't know enough to know that that was just going to be a part of this career, a part of this journey. Um, and so you take that, uh, and then you take 18 years of, of working in this arena, if you will. Uh, and it kind of led to where I was and that, that moment that you're referring to, you know, so if you could kind of put this on a, on a tape and fast forward, um, you know, those, that first experience with that memorial was, okay, this is somebody that works in wildland fire. Uh, you know, you fast forward a couple of years and then it was, okay, this is somebody that works for the forest service. You fast forward a couple of years. It's like, oh, this is somebody that worked on my forest. And you fast forward a couple of years and it's like, this was my counterpart, you know? And then you fast forward a couple of years and you're just like, am I next? You know? And that, that kind of, it just, I, I mentioned that just because it's, it really permeated my, my mentality and just kind of affected my state of being the closer and closer it got without me, without me even knowing it, I, I guess is. And when it, when I realized the effect that all of that cumulative death and, and just destruction that we witness and, and uh, all the other stresses that come along with this profession, when I realized that that had been running like an app in the background this whole time. Uh, and, and it had been feeling like it had been closing in. Uh, you know, I found myself in a spot where, where I wasn't wondering if it was going to be me next. I was hoping that it was going to be me next, which is just a really crazy thing. If you know me or if you've worked with me, um, cause that's not what I was used to to seeing or hearing, you know? So I, I remember specifically the, the place that I found myself in, um, it was, there was a brief moment I was driving home one day and there's this, the same intersection that I, that I, I get to every time and, you know, go right. It takes me back to work. If I go left, it takes me home. Um, and I hit that intersection one day and I thought, you know, I, I just, I wish, I wish somebody, there's kind of a blind corner. If you look to the right of this intersection and then, to the left, it's another, it's a highway that you tie into a little mountain highway, two lane road, curvy. And I just thought I should just creep out into this intersection. And if stuff, someone comes around that flying corner and, and takes me out, I'm like, I'm good with that. Um, and then I realized what I was thinking and I, and it freaked me out and I rolled the windows down and I turned the radio up, uh, and just like pushed that thought out of my head. Cause it, it just, quite frankly, it scared the shit out of me, you know? And then I just went on, I, I drove home and, uh, went home, didn't, didn't mention it. Didn't, didn't think about it again that day. And then what I realized is about a month and a half later, you know, I, I had been <laughs> hitting that intersection every day to go home and the same thought at the same time, you know, appeared 
that like you know maybe it's not the worst thing if if this was just the last intersection i was ever at you know and but even still I, it, this this is all like it, it, i didn't want to admit that to myself i didn't want to be honest with myself so this app's still running in the background is the way i describe it you know and I'm, but i'm having this thought now and i'm not pushing it out of my head uh i'm actually just letting it kind of sit there and then I make the left to go home each time. And I just think about like, what is up? Like, what is going on? Why is this happening? What, what is the deal? You know, what is wrong? And then immediately, like, what is wrong with me? Right. Um, and so, yeah, that happened for about a month before, before I admitted to myself that, that this was not just a passing thought. Like this is real. Um, this is where I'm at. Like it, and, I remember thinking like, is this how it starts? You know, I, I don't feel like I want to take my life, but is this how that starts? Hoping that it just gets taken some other way. And then, so that, that scared me a lot. And it scared me enough after those 30 days to finally find myself in a position where I was like, I have to say something. I have to, I have to do something to be held accountable to somebody else. And then of course, you know, for me, that, that person is the, the person I love the most in my life is my wife, you know? And so, I came, I came home again after another day of, of having that thought and thinking about it the whole way home and not even really knowing that I was going to tell her, but I remember walking in the door, sitting down at this little, little kitchen counter island that we have. And uh, as usual, you know, she gets home and we get home about the same time and we just surface level talk about how, how the days were going, you know, and, and so I asked her how her day was because I certainly didn't want to talk about mine. And then, uh, you know, she, she'd asked me how mine was and I kind of paused and tried to breeze over it for a second, but it just, uh, just, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't let myself not, I had already committed to like be accountable to somebody. So I just said, you know, it wasn't okay. And I think that was a point where she knew something was different. She, the, your spouses know you pretty well, you know, so she could just see this change anyway in me over the course of time. Um, but wasn't sure. I, she had no idea it was to that extent. I guess, you know, we get pretty good at hiding stuff or dealing with stuff or pushing it down or saying that it's not an, as big of an issue as it is in our field of work. Um, yeah. So I just said, I'm not, I'm not okay. I was like, I don't know how to say this, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I belong here anymore. Like I, I don't feel like I want to be here on this earth anymore. Um, and then she, I just immediately saw her break down, you know, she just starts, tearing up standing there in the kitchen which then that broke my heart you know but uh and uh so she's just like I don't you know I'm really scared I don't know what to say and I was like you don't, you don't have to say anything I was like I don't even know what to say you know I just uh, I don't know what's going on but uh and I, I certainly like don't want to go you know end it myself I just I'm just having these thoughts you know and I just this is where I'm at and I, it scares the shit out of me and I just want to tell you because I want you to know and uh I need I need help you know and so that was a really, really a difficult conversation to have, but I immediately felt at least a little sense of relief, a little bit of weight off my shoulders. Cause I had, I had put it out there, you know, finally somebody else knew how I was, how I was feeling, um, for real, like how I was really feeling, not how I wanted them to think I was feeling. Um, uh, and, that, and that's, yeah. So that's, that was the situation I found myself in. And that was the conversation that I had. And, uh, we, we really, honestly, we didn't know where to go from there. You know, uh, we had 
we've been in uh, marriage counseling and then individual therapy with the same, uh, what I feel is a pretty amazing, you know, counselor, uh, trauma specialist. And so we would come in and out of couples therapy and then I would deal with work stuff and, and we would deal with marriage stuff. But, um, you know, the, the way that I described it is I, I got really good at labeling maybe what I was feeling or labeling what these cumulative effects were or, or maybe even talking a little bit about like how they made me feel or whatever, but there was no, that was pretty much as far as it had taken me. So, uh, there was no way to release that, you know, these, these emotions were still there. They were bubbling up, they were getting hotter. They were, you know, there was no way to release any of that stuff. I felt like all I could do was label it, but there, but it was still there and it wasn't going anywhere. It was getting worse. It was getting heavier. Uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of where I was. And, uh, we didn't know where to go next. We were sitting in, in bed, like in the room. So it's a pretty heavy conversation to have, you know, when you're used to just talking about how your day normally goes and eating some dinner and petting a dog and getting cleaned up and, you know, jumping into bed. So we're kind of sitting there in bed and we both would admit that like, oh, we don't know what to do next. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know what that, what help looks like, but I need it. And she doesn't know how to give it, uh, but she knows that I need it. And, you know, the, our conversation basically just said, whatever it takes, we'll, we'll figure it out. Whatever it takes, we'll do. We're in, doesn't matter the, the time, doesn't matter the cost. Right. Uh, cause at that, at that moment, I just, I said, I don't, I don't know that I can continue. I don't, I don't, I can't make it another seven years till I'm eligible. I don't even know if I can make it another seven days, you know, I, I might just walk away or just quit. And, uh, she's like, of course, you know, I support, I support whatever you need to do. So we're sitting in bed, both kind of lost and just silent, but holding hands. Um, and she gets a notification on her phone. I don't have uh, Facebook. I um, haven't been active on social media in a while. I just got my Instagram back uh, after the retreat, just to stay connected with folks, but I don't have Facebook, but she got a notification on her phone as we're sitting there. And she's like, do you, she's like, do you know about this? And I, I was like, know about what? And she showed it to me and it was a notification for the wildland wellness foundation. And I was like, I have, I have no idea what that is, but, uh, and immediately looked at her and I said, I don't know what it is, but I need to do it. Like, there's a reason that that just came through. Um, and so we kind of looked at the website real quick and I, and I said, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, and she's like, you need to do this. And I said, I'm, I'm doing it, <laughs> you know, just from, from looking at that, that, uh, just the, the very brief overview that was around at the time, because this was kind of just getting going and, um, then it, so that's that's how that's how it started for me, man. That's where I found myself. A um, lot of other things along the way stacked up besides just the line of duty deaths, right? But I think the big hitter for me was was losing my counterpart, and then um, the emotional toll it took on me to kind of be there for for the for the crew, just like it had an emotional toll on them because they were equally there for me to, to be there for, for the family and just kind of to, to get through that ordeal, um, was, was kind of the catalyst, I think, to kind of finally force me to stop lying to myself about like what the rest of my career had looked like as well and how all of that stuff had affected me along the way. But, but yeah, man, so we're, it was just crazy. We're sitting there and then here comes this notification. And we just, it just felt right. And we both looked at each other and the commitment was there. This hurt from her support. And for me just saying, 
this is different. This is different than traditional Western medicine. This is, this is something that came to your phone in this moment where we're both sitting here lost for a reason. And I'm in like, at that point, I just kind of, <laughs> this is a new word that I've been using a lot, but I surrendered to it, you know, like I'm in, we need to do this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when you told that story the first day in in retreat, I just, me and Melissa looked at each other and just started crying because we knew. We knew like somehow divine, that was a divine intervention, brother. Yeah. Like, and we're going to get into what happened for you, but but that was a divine intervention in that moment. Like that is like just you telling that story, I was crying, man, right now, again, like, it's just so beautiful and so powerful. And it like, to me, it really speaks to like the power of the medicine of the community of everything that happened during retreat. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's weird because I look at it now and I can kind of see a lot more of the, the interconnectedness of all of this, the connectivity for, surrounding a lot of different things but you know i had i had recognized melissa's name and i remember telling jessica i was like jessica's my wife i remember telling her like i i've worked with melissa before um down at the academy down at the wildland fire training center i was on a detail down there and she would always help out with the academies when she was uh, employed by the agency and so um that was kind of that first connection right like i, I know i know her um i'm gonna reach out i'm gonna see what this is about uh and it just kept the, the dots just kept connecting more and more and more from there. Like everything just started falling into place more and more and more, uh, which, which just in my mind and in my heart was just like, yeah, this is, this is whatever is leading me. Cause I was not leading it is like, I'm grabbing onto its hand and I'm, I'm following because <laughs> mm-hmm. everything just started falling into place yeah. after that. Right, right. So I want to fast forward a little bit to the welcome ceremony, because I think, yes, we're gonna talk about the medicine and all the great things that happened. But that moment, when you guys walk through the door in complete silence, and the things that happened in those like first two hours of silence, I think that was the most human, most emotional, most beautiful ceremony I've ever been in in my entire life. Like it was so powerful. Like, and we just set the tone right there, right? Like that was just the beginning, but I would love to hear your thoughts about that welcome ceremony and how powerful it was for you. Yeah. And boy, that, you know, that's a, it was intense in a, in a, in a good way. Like, you know, when I use that word now, it takes on a a totally different connotation for me, but I just remember you know, bouncing along, you know, the road and the, in the back of the, the pickup truck there to the, to the retreat center. And that, you know, we were probably a mix of nervousness and anxieties. Uh, and we're just, you're in there with some folks that, you know, you, you feel a connection with, but you haven't connected with yet to the, to the extent that we ended up connecting, you know, but walking through those doors, you just felt getting out of the truck and, and getting ready to, to walk into that setting. I mean, everything about it, you know, the location, the setting, um, the atmosphere, the, the emotional charge that was in the air, you know, when those doors open and you, and you kind of get, see, I mean, it, it, it just wasn't even like what we saw. It was just the, the feeling of the energy, the support, the supportive energy, the love, you know, the, the positive vibes, just, the 
man, it just, it just instantly felt like everybody there was, was waiting to absorb that, to, to take that from us and kind of put some of that weight on their shoulders. I mean, it was just so emotionally pure that all most of us could do. And I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I know for me, I was, I was just in tears the second I walked in because it's like, I, I, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be helped in this way by these people. And that wasn't just, that thought only came after the feeling like the, the, I think the most amazing thing about this whole situation, this whole experience was it's probably the first time in my life that the feelings came first noticeably the feelings were there and then I would process them as thoughts and be like, this is, yeah, cool. I, I really felt that like everything else leading up to this was like, I would think about it and then decide if that's what I felt or not. But you didn't even have to put stuff in the words here. It was just so pure, so emotional in terms of like that genuine support network and just seeing people truly in service to others who, who just, when you saw our faces, you saw eight people walk through with like, broken spirits like it it affected you guys to the point where you just were like give me that let me help and it just was so so beautiful I mean I, I wasn't the only one in tears as we were just waiting to you know to to enter this this process and that whole ceremony just with the humbleness of the practitioners to those in service the the gentleness of the the there were no words, but it was all actions, but the gentleness of the actions, the, the, the touch, the encouragement, um, you know, what, what, what Danny was doing to, to help purify our souls while he was purifying his at the same time, you know, by just being a servant to everybody and seating us accordingly and, and just washing our feet and just absorbing, like in that process, absorbing our stress, our anxiety, our traumas, and just, you know, pouring those out in his tears. It was just incredible. I mean, right away, you just, whatever was going to happen, it, would, it just cemented it that much more that this was supposed to happen. And you know, I was ready for it type of deal. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that ceremony, like just watching Danny wash everybody's feet and like bow to them and kiss your feet and everything. It was just so like, it was so beautiful and so powerful. It just like, I was just standing there crying, just watching it, just, just experiencing, like you said, the emotions were so big. I mean, the entire retreat, the emotions were so big. Right. And, and so I want to fast forward a little bit to, to your combo experience because, you know, combo is, is really like, it sounds really hardcore. Like what this weird person's going to burn venom into my skin like it's kind of like when you hear about combo you're like oh shit like what is that and it's super crazy intense for like 20 minutes right oh yeah yeah and you know uh, uh just one more thought on the the ceremony thing there before we talk about the combo because it kind of was it drops you know in my mind i'm sure everybody was doing the same thing but you, you're trying to set up what you think this might be or what this could be or how it's going to go or what you think you're going to do and just the thing that just immediately was apparent was that you're, you you weren't going to think your way through this, like this journey, um, when those doors open and when we got to enter ceremony, whatever your 
my ego was trying to formulate it as like the plan or how, you know, these reactions, uh, that goes out the window, man. It's, it's, it was pure love. It was pure support. It was pure light, pure goodness, pure consciousness that you, you end up walking into. And when you enter an arena like that, you can't do anything but cry. I mean, that's, that's just truth, dude. And that's what that was for me. So I just, that last thought kind of flashed in my head. So I wanted to make sure I, I touched on that. But um, as far as the, the combo experience there. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to just to talk a little bit about like what I was able to let go or just, um, center? Yeah, I guess, around? I guess kind of like the feeling you're like, cause you got to watch a lot of people do it before, or you're like hearing people at least going through the process um, before it was your turn. So you were kind of last and, and we were down by the river and it was like this beautiful scene. So kind of that anticipation feeling of like, oh my God, what is going through your mind at that point? And also like your experience, like what was it like having the venom go through your body? Like what was coming up? What was releasing? Like all those, like that visceral experience that combo is, because it, like you said, there's no thinking you're going on a ride and the only thing you can do is just surrender to the medicine, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of the things I will say is, you know, as kind of, kind of being at the tail end of that whole experience. Yeah. You're, you're hearing it, but you know, we were on our own little stretch of river there. We were kind of partnered up and that was, that was really special, uh, to me, but it was also private in its own way as well, you know? So that was well designed, I would say, because nothing happened at this retreat by accident. Um, and I remember kind of the, the prep that went into this day, right? Like, uh, every step was, integration. And so we, we had talked a lot about what this process was going to be like, how it was going to go down, what, you know, what you might feel, what you could do to work through some of those feelings, how to do some breath work, all of these things. So, you know, there was no fear or anxiety surrounding, uh, this part of ceremony. This was for me, it was just, um, like a, a good kind of anticipation. Like, uh, I'm again, surrender to, to the, the process. But um, as far as <laughs> understanding how it was going to go, that, that was very, very well uh, organized and very well presented. And so that, that really helps you with uh, the fear and the anxiety of, of maybe going through the process. Now, the other part of it is just like how you end up experiencing the intensity of this. So, yeah, for sure. You know, when when uh, Danny came over again, it's always uh, a permission based thing. So he had asked, you know, are you are you, are you okay? And are you ready? And I just, I just looked at him and said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I surrender, you know, to the process. I, I'm, I'm ready to do this. And, uh, you know, and then, so it was just so beautiful to have the, the drums and the music and then to, to, to smell, you know, the, the sage and smell the tobacco and kind of see the ceremony as it's, as it's happening. I mean, most of the time I spent with my eyes closed, but, but, you know, each time, like I, I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel that burn. I wanted to feel the burn uh, each of those seven times when when those that uh, ceremonial stick touched my arm, and uh, each each time it did, I just felt like I was releasing a little bit more or like leaning in a little bit more to the magic of just this this beautiful culture, this beautiful medicine, this beautiful uh, setting, just everything about the actual emotional release associated with, with what I was doing. Um, and so <laughs> for me, each one of those was just like, yeah, well, I welcomed it. Like keep, 
keep going. I need to feel that I want. I, oh, I hadn't felt for so long. I was so numb for so long. Uh, and then with the uh, with the the actual venom, you know, you're sitting there and you're trying to kind of maintain this meditative state. And I knew it was going to be intense, but you don't really know how intense until you go through it. I just remember having my eyes closed, sitting with uh, with my feet uh, well grounded, uh, trying to breathe, and just this this comfortable warmth built up. It wasn't like a, a lot of heat, but I, I got really warm. I had my eyes closed and it just like this really um, like almost like if you were looking at the sun with your eyes closed, this really red kind of color came in as I, I could start hearing the blood rush to my, to my head and through, and through my organs. Like your eardrums are kind of like feeling and hearing the push of that, of that blood course through your veins. And you know, it, everything kind of starts to, to fade out at that point. It kind of gets real narrow. Uh, for me, it did. And just the, to where I could not hear the words of the music anymore. All I could hear or feel was the beat of the drums and the, the whooshing of the blood rushing through my veins. Uh, and, and then with that, you know, that's kind of when I, when I started to purge um, and, and it kind of help you help you along with that process, help you, help you kind of to the, the ground. I remember I ended up laying on my side uh, and just continuing to purge and kind of continuing to, to let that intense like feeling of me actually hearing what was happening inside of my body continue. Like I, I there was no way that I was going to be able to continue to sit up uh, because it, once it, once it hit me, all I wanted to do is, was kind of stay there for a minute and, and let that continue to happen. But then it became so intense that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, if, if this wears off, I'm good with that. Like I need to, uh, it's, it's beautiful, but it's like, ah, uh, I, I, I need to hopefully not, not feel sick after this or anything, you know? And I did, and it started to, to, um, to wear off a little bit to where I could, the, the, the sounds and the sights, uh, and the color kind of started to come back in. So that lens that got real specific and so focused on what was happening inside my body and all I could hear was the drum beats and all I could hear was my blood rushing through my veins. Uh, that started to kind of open back up and I could, I could, I could open my eyes and I could see color return to the the river and the foliage. And then I can hear the words come back into the music and I could see everybody there uh, still supporting me, all those that were in service to us. Um, and that was, that was just incredible because you know, that when you come out of something like that, it may have only been uh, a minute or uh, maybe a minute or two. I don't really know how long it was like in, in time reality, but I know that I was on a journey that felt like, you know, a lifetime during those few minutes uh, and working through some really serious stuff while that was happening. And so coming out of that and having these the senses come back to you the color come back to you the sounds come back to you and then just seeing the support group around you um it's it was just it was really powerful it was really beautiful um and it and it just like kind of solidified the stuff that you had just experienced like again was wasn't by accident and also that it was just uh you actually i felt for the first time in so long coming back to the world that i had I had looked inward, I had gone through some shit and I had was able to release it like with those, with that purging and with this intensity 
for the first time in a long time when I came out of that, not only was I able to see and hear in like ultra HD vision, but I was able to feel again. Like I could feel the air from, you know, the, the river rushing by. I was able to feel the grains of sand in my hand. I was able to feel the coldness of the rock, the warmth of everybody's hands as they were, they were touching me. And again, this is something that, you know, I'd been so numb prior to this, that it's just, that release was real. And the intensity of that ceremony was, was by design, you know, it was to release the intensity of what was, what was numbing me up. Um, and so it was just so incredible. I just remember everything about that. So incredible. And what came to me during that time was stuff that I didn't really expect to, to, to come to me as well. It was like, there was, I was definitely able to get rid of some of the stuff I specifically went there to work on with losing Dan, but there was other stuff that came up that showed me like, Hey, there's, there's more to your, <laughs> the baggage that you brought in here. There's more to your story that, that we're going to jump into here. Uh, so it was incredible. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Combo is so beautiful and powerful and, and such a good preparation for what's to come. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, um, it kind of, you know, you're thinking like, man, if this is this intense, I wonder, <laughs> is it going to get even more intense? You know? Um, and it, it did not it, it intense, I guess for different people at different times. But for me, this was probably the most intense portion of, of my retreat. But I think it was, again, knowing that this was all by design, it was because that was what, what my body was willing to let go of at that point in the river there. I mean, the, the, the traumas that I shed and the things that I thought about when I was on that, that journey that seemed like a lifetime, even though it was only a couple of minutes, um, I was able to release a lot of stuff that had been inside of me, you know, the, this energy to, to the river and to that environment and to, to make sense of these things that I had been unable to process, to make sense of things in like, and know it, know it in my heart and know it in my soul that I had finally reconciled these and made sense of them. I was able to do that while I was on, on that journey, you know, in a matter of minutes, whereas I, I just, in a matter of years, and this, you know, this is just my experience. I don't, I'm not blanket statementing what everybody else's experience with it would be, but I was able to do in a matter of two minutes and that, in that intense ceremony, what I was unable to do in years and thousands of dollars, uh, because none of my therapy is covered by, by the agency, uh, you know, with my, our, my trauma counselor. And so to me, it was just incredible, man, to, to finally be able to feel, to not be numb, to just know that I had released that tension, that energy, uh, and not just released it, but had made peace with it and come to terms and worked through some shit during that, during that uh, few minutes. It was just so amazing. Yeah. Oh man. So, so I want to fast forward a little bit and, and go to your, your Yopo experience with, which Yopo is like, um, it's like a sniff snuff, but it's got tobacco and ayahuasca and herbs and, and all sorts of stuff in it. But it's like a really, I mean, it's like, I guess the best way to explain it, it's almost like half a tin of sniff snuff, right? It's like a lot. It's like, it fills your whole sinuses, right? I mean, it's like, it's, it's different than just like a bump. You know what I mean? It's super intense, but also it's, it's got a powerful medicine and it's got the, the, the dried, um, Aya in it. And I'm curious, like, well, I remember, I think we were talking about like talking off air and I think one of the most beautiful 
things I heard during the entire retreat is, is I think I was on the other side of the circle somewhere and I just hear Roger across the circle say, it's just fucking dirt, man. It's just dirt. <laughs> and actually like that was, it, it, I know it sounds silly, but it was like a super powerful for you. And it was super powerful for me too. Like it was such a beautiful realization. Um, but I would love to hear more about like your, your Yopo experience. Cause that was powerful, wasn't it? That was probably, yeah, one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced in my life, you know, so not, you're absolutely right about the, uh, the intake of the, <laughs> it's not just like, you know, a little snooter on the fire line to keep you up for the all night shift that you got to pull. Um, you know, again, that's, it's a very <laughs> ceremonial rocket ship of tobacco that gets sent up your nose by, you know, just this awesome, uh, ceremonial wooden pipe uh, by the shaman um and all those ingredients you know they, they combine uh to do a, a very specific thing and it's it's kind of put you back into that 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 path on your journey there um and again kind of knowing seeing the transition there and seeing how we were brought along with uh you know just the the talking and then the rape and then the combo and then the the yopawaska it's like this was all by design right to make sure that we're kind of shedding these traumas uh in a in an intense way but in a in a partial way as we go along so that it's not just like boom you come in here's the ayahuasca ceremony and then you're done right like uh, and all that hits you at once that's just this was very very well practiced i guess to to make sure that we were in a safe place the entire way and that we got to the end uh and, and could actually be at peace with the medicine and, and continue to process and not just be so overwhelmed but if i was to say that uh, there was, uh, like combo felt more intense and the release was different. This was, this was a, a processing of more intense emotions for me. This was really where I think after this, this night, after Yopo, that's where the, that's where I had done my work. That's where, what in my head I had come to, to do was accomplished. Uh, it was, it was incredible, but it was also very emotional and very intense for me in a different, in a different way than anything I've ever experienced. Cause, cause I've never <laughs> experienced anything like that. But, uh, um, yeah, I guess I can talk about, I guess just to clarify, I can talk about kind of how, just how the, the feeling was, but, or, you know, I'm willing to, to lay it out there and let people know what I, what I was able to like go to. Like, what do you, what do you think? You know, whatever you're comfortable with, brother. And I, and I think um, the actual experience, because your experience with like the kaleidoscopes and puzzles was really powerful and really, really important. And I would, I would love to, I would love for you to share that piece, but also how, like how that experience with the puzzles allowed you to undo so much trauma. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad actually that, uh, that you bounce that back at, at, at me because that was a very important part. And I guess what I, what I didn't anticipate was how connected we would all become all the participants at this retreat. And what I loved about it was how, how this wasn't like an individual journey, right? Every step of the way we were all in this together, we were raising the group's consciousness. Every participant that was there uh, was, was willing to be kind of open and laid bare to the other participants. We were in service to each other as well. And so like coming into this experience and, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I was not able to go through this journey without like reaching out 
through this this experience to to other participants and so that, that'll make sense in a minute when i talk about those puzzles but yeah so as this uh as you get this this double double shot of, of tobacco up your nose you know it's just this kind of intense burning feeling that you feel at first but but again they had prepped you and they, they described exactly how this process was going to go and in your you're, you're well attended to with all the, the, the practitioners and everybody in service, you know, and so they give you kind of the tips to, to tap on your head and, and let this stuff flow. Like there's no holding back the, the boogers and the tears. It's like you, you take the worst, worst, uh, you know, nasty, gnarly <laughs> prescribed fire smoke you've ever had to hold on. And, and, you know, where you're just, your boogers are flowing or whatever. And I mean, that's, that's how much your mucus membranes open up. The sensation is totally different. It's not like you're inhaling smoke, but you're flowing, right? So people are, are handing you paper towels to, to kind of help with that. And then, but also it feels so good to just flow that, that there's a party that's just like, let it go, man. This is what I came here to do. I don't need to wipe my nose. <laughs> I got snot falling out and I got tears flowing. Like that's, it, it, it just feels good to, to have that happen for, for once in this way. And so as the, as the medicine kind of hit me and it, I started to come into it, I just saw, you know, this, uh, uh, and, and I'll start by saying this, and I came to this retreat to really try to work through a lot of the, the, the sadness and the, 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 just the grief and the numbness that I had with losing, you know, my counterpart, Dan in, in 2019. And, and, uh, but that had led to a lot of different things. Like I had soaked up so much of that grief and sadness and darkness from, from anybody that I could, because I just didn't want them to feel it, that I had lost my own capacity to, to carry that anymore. So like, you know, I was just, I didn't, I couldn't feel love. I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't, I was just kind of walking through in a numb state. I, I just felt lost. Yeah. I felt caged. I felt ill. Um, cause I had absorbed all of this stuff, you know? So I was really like trying to figure out how to work through this. So as this medicine starts, starts to come on, I, I find myself in this, uh, like I open my eyes and I look up cause I, I had laid back as it was just this, uh, very, very calming, but very like, Ooh, I need to lay down, uh, as it starts to, to take hold. And I lay back on, on my mat and I, I had my eyes closed. Um, I, I kept defaulting through these first couple of ceremonies to like my eyes just did not want to stay open. They were just closed. And, uh, I remember opening them because as they were closed, I saw like these kind of really vibrant three-dimensional like highways, if you will, but they were, each one looked exactly like a kaleidoscope and they were crisscrossing paths and everything. Uh, and I was like, well, that's crazy. But, um, it's kind of like if you if you've had too much to drink and you're kind of spinning and you try to open your eyes to like make it stop spinning. Um, but it, but not with the drunk feeling, I just opened my eyes to see because it was so intense and so, so vibrant that I was like, maybe I should just open my eyes so that that goes away for a second. So I opened my eyes and it, it didn't go away. Like those kaleidoscopes were still there. Those pathways were still just zipping by at the speed of light. And I, I remember looking up and seeing, uh, you know, Danny, the, the shaman there. And I, and I see all of the, the folks in service, um, looking down at me with smiles and you know they're 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 doing their thing they got the drums going the music's playing and and each one of them their facial features i could still see their 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 faces but overlaid with that was the uh very vibrant neon like day of the dead features you know and, and so I, here i was down there to work on processing uh the death of my counterpart and processing grief and processing you know letting go of this this trauma 
And everybody, when I opened my eyes, was Day of the Dead, right? Which is a day to celebrate the dead, uh, which was, I think was my first lesson here. Um, you know, and so that, that, and then these, these pathways, these kaleidoscope pathways that I had, they were all puzzles. And so like what I was told in my journey was that I needed to, one of the, uh, the practitioners there, you know, she was there with me in the, in this journey and she kind of led me by the hand to the first one and said, these are puzzles. Uh, but you have to work through them on your own. I can't help you. I'll see you on the other side. And through this journey, what I was, I, 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 it was obvious that there was something hidden at the end, but I didn't know what that was. Uh, and each one of these puzzles was going to allow me to unlock, you know, the next one so I could continue forward and try and figure out what that was. Um, and, but each one had its own lesson. And so as I'm, I'm working through these, you know, and I talk about the connectedness to the other participants, uh, there, I was not the only one in ceremony at that time. There were three of us that night who decided that we were ready. Uh, and their experiences entered mine. Um, and you know, I could hear their experiences, just like I'm sure that they might've been able to hear mine. And, and that the, some of those were the answers to my puzzles of like uh, helping them through their, their grief and helping them through their, their portion of their journey would allow me to continue on mine. Uh, it's just an example of that. I, I had heard another participant um, really, really struggling to get through some tough stuff and, and kind of crying out, you know, um, just very vocally crying and, and kind of screaming for a second out, like just to, to release, mainly crying, you know, and I had reached out. I, I was at a puzzle in my own journey and it was real dark and I couldn't see what it was. Um, and then and then I heard her and I, I just reached out and I this energy transfer in my, in my journey occurred to where I was just kind of listening, but being there for her in the, to the extent that I could on my journey and kind of transferring my love and my, my vibes and my, whatever my support, um, so that she could kind of make it through what she was going through, uh, which was very intense. Um, and then I don't know how long that lasted either. Cause again, this seems like a lifetime, right? It might've just been a few minutes, but eventually when she got to a point where she had, moved past that in her journey and she stopped crying. Uh, it was like a, like a, a, a bomb of like light and love went off in mine. And, and that energy that I could feel transmitting to her, like came back into my hand. And then that, that kind of puzzle vanished and I was able to move through. So it's like, what I was learning along the way is that, you know, this is that, you know, part of my path is to make sure that I am in service to others and make sure that I am helping and that I am not just, uh, you know, the, the giver of stuff, I also need to be able to take, take stuff from other people and, and help them move forward just like I am. And so these little things, what, what just was so beautiful about it is they were interconnected, not only with participants, but the, but the people in service, you know, here was, uh, one of the practitioners, Rocio, you know, she was there to walk me to my puzzles. Uh, one of the other participants was, you know, her experience was the answer to one of my puzzles. And, you know, it's just incredible that these connections existed, but, um, I find myself as I'm going through this, um, trying to figure out what it is I'm, su I'm supposed to find in the end. Um, and I see along the way, uh, I, what I come to find is that it, it was the last puzzle, the one that fought back the most. Um, and I'll, I'll never remember, like, I'll never forget, like when I came out of this and I was in that moment where I said, it's just dirt. Uh, you know, later on, one of my friends that was there, who I didn't know was going to be there, but ended up being there, was great. He's like, "Man, you you went through some shit. <laughs> Whatever was going on, you went through some shit." But when I came out of it, it was, 
it was just that simple. Like, oh, it's dirt. I can move on. But uh, what was hidden in that last puzzle, it turns out like it was my heart. And this whole journey of like, hey, man, you need to kind of understand what this is, like uh, what death actually is. You know, it's just a, it's just a different way to start life again. And uh, it's a, it should be celebrated. Uh, you should you should have love for other people. You should be able to interact with with their emotions and their and their sadness. And you should be able to help people move forward and you should be in service to other people. Uh, and you, and you, and you do need to figure out how to, how to let what doesn't belong to you go back out to the universe. Right. That's what kind of combo taught me. It was like all these things I was thinking I could take and hold, you know, those don't belong to me. Those belong to the universe. There's, there's certain responsibilities that belong to me, but, but a lot of these don't. And when we take too much of that on, we lose a little bit of who we are and we kind of displace our capacity, uh, to be our authentic self. And so, in that last puzzle, um, you know, I had saw, I saw my counterpart. I saw, I saw Dan. I was actually able to, to speak to him along the way here. We had, we had a, a just a really genuine, pure conversation like we used to have in person, you know, at the office. Um, and in the, in the end, I was able to kind of realize that what was hidden and what was fighting back the most, it was like the last puzzle contained my heart. And, uh, I saw that, like, I kind of had like an out of body experience and I saw my heart sitting on the, on the ground. I saw it in the dirt and I saw that it was full of darkness and full of, of, of just sorrow and sadness. Right. And it had kind of withered, um, and just kind of dried up and it just looked, it just looked dead. You know, it was just, but it was, it was black and it was hard. Um, and I just remember realizing that. And I just remember, you know, my conversation with Dan in that moment. Um, and I just started crying and just, but in this experience and what I was experiencing there, like my tears would, would they were flowing for sure, <laughs> really flowing. Um, in this experience, they would drop onto my heart and they would kind of like each time it, each drop would would change it from darkness to like, to, to red again and kind of bring it back to life. Right. And then, uh, I just remember, uh, that, that it would just kind of come back a little bit more. The more I cried, the more I released, uh, I could see it kind of coming back to life. And at the time, you know, just, I was, I remember having my eyes closed, but I remember like, I'm in the dirt fully. Like I needed to be grounded for this experience. I just remember like I was on, my knees. And then it was like, Oh, I got to go down to my forearms. And then I was like, I got to go down to my stomach. Like I could not get into the earth enough during this experience. Like I needed the earth. I needed to be grounded. Um, and then I just remember drawing in the dirt and all these things that I was, if, if people were watching me drawing, it, it was what I was experiencing in my journey. Right. I was, I was drawing the outline of my heart. I was, uh, watching myself kind of, uh, water it with my tears. Um, and then I just remember, uh, at one point, um, kind of just, just seeing it come back to life and then like picking, picking it, like kind of like just staring at it. And it was just so beautiful. I was just, just crying. And I remember being able to bring it back into my chest. Um, and because I had released a lot of the darkness, I had released the sadness that I had I had a great conversation with Dan and I just, uh, I knew that like I was going to be okay. And he, you know, I, I had done what I needed to do you know, for him and for me. And 
so here it is and I, 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 I reach out and I'm able to put this heart back in my chest and I can feel again. And this was very intense this whole time. Like I'm literally on my, on my hands and knees and stomach and then drawing in the dirt and I'm feeling the dirt throughout my journey, but, I, but it's representing something else, right? It's, it's a heart or it's, it's this, this three-dimensional neon thing. And when that lesson is over, like when I find my heart and when I finally purge the sadness and when I finally get rid of the darkness and, and when I nurture it back to, to life and when I actually put it back in my chest, I like come back into my body and I open my eyes and I'm on my knees and I see everybody standing around me and there's no more day of the dead. There's no more neon. Like my lesson was there. Like you had lost your heart and now you found it and now you know what it takes to, to keep it watered and keep it in your chest. And so I'm sitting there and I look up and everybody's quiet. And I just kind of like, oh, I'm back. And then I look down and I see like my finger imprints in the ground. And I see all the crawling around I was doing and all the, you know, that whatever was happening. And I, and I remember looking down to where my heart was right in front of me and to where Dan was right in front of me and to where all that darkness was and all that sadness was. And I just saw nothing but dirt. And I was, that's where I, you had heard me. I was like, it just hit me. It's like, it's just fucking dirt. Like, it's just dirt. I said that once. And then I, I looked up and I saw everybody's kind of like expression and smiles. And I was like, it's just dirt. I can move on now. And that was it. That was like, boom, I was back out of the, the psychedelic experience. I was back into reality. I had gotten my lesson. I found my heart. I put some shit to bed. And I could finally look, open my eyes and be like, it's just dirt. I can move on. And that, that's like, that's exactly how it happened for me in that time. And I don't, again, it seemed like a lifetime, but it might've just been 20, 30 minutes. I don't know. But... Wow, man. That was such an amazing experience. Thank you so much for sharing from like the depth of your heart. Like, thank you for walking us through that and, and really sharing your experience for others to hear. And, and Roger, I want to ask you, like, do you have a bit more time? Cause we have a, we have quite a bit of ground to cover still actually. Like I want to keep going. Like, are you okay to go a little, little bit longer? Oh yeah. Yeah. I carved out sometimes. So okay. we're good. Yeah. Okay. Right on, right on. Good. So, so I think I kind of want to hit the highlights of the rest of, cause we had two more nights of, of medicine and I would love to just hear some of the highlights for you. But I think one that really sticks out for me is, is I can't remember if it was the first or second night, but I remember like I, I walked up to you and I was supporting you. And then I asked you, like, do you want to learn how to stand like a tree? And you're like, oh, yes, please, 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 yes. And so I just gently, like, showed you with my own body how to do it. And then I kind of moved your body a little bit and showed you how to stand like a tree. And I think that was pretty big for you, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was. And so, you know, after after coming out of that intense experience with the Yopo Waska, you know, when we, when we move on and we move on to the ayahuasca, those were very, very gentle experiences for me. Those were no longer intense. I, I like I said, I had worked through a lot of what I had was meant to work through down there. Um, and the, the beauty of the gentleness of the rest of the ceremonies for me was that not only was I getting taught, uh, the rest of the lessons that I needed to learn there from the other stuff that had come up, but, uh, it was just a continuation of me learning how to feel again, learning how to love, learning how to appreciate um, just the the courage and the commitment that everybody in service had to to our journeys and then to their own. And so it was just like this really, really intense feeling of love and peace. 
And what, what did occur though, is that I had this real like intense connection to ever since that night, like to, to the earth and then to the trees. And so I remember, um, that the trees around us at the time, they kind of took on, they just became my old friends. Like, uh, that was just the, the, their names, old friends. I remember saying like, hi, old friend, you know, because the tree came to life and it was just my old friend. It was just sitting there slowly, gently waving above me. Like it was gently waving above all of us. And I really took to the tree and, and I had already had that, uh, really profound experience with grounding myself to the earth. And they were just my old friends. And it, it, it had been such a long time. I used to, to walk in awe when I first started in the, in the forest service, you know, in the woods. And as a kid too, same thing growing up in the outdoors and hunting and fishing and stuff. I used to always be in trees as a kid. I would climb them. I'd have tree forts. I would just hang out in trees. <laughs> my, my mom would always be like, get down from the tree. What are you doing? Um, and so they were, they had just always been old friends to me. And I lost that along the way. And I got like, sad to say, but like, for being a land manager, land management agency, like it beat it out of me. They weren't old friends anymore. They were just something in the way or something that needed to be cut or something that you needed that was going to hit you and, and kill you or whatever, you know? So it came back to me that, that connection to trees and that connection to them being old friends again. And, and, uh, you know, what it was that I really loved about, about this job, which is that connection to the land. And at that time, that's, you just happened to walk over. I don't know if you saw me looking at the tree or what, but you just happened to walk over and uh i was like yeah i really want to check that out and i was sitting down and i just remember when you you didn't say a word you just kind of pointed and you were showing me how to, and which i believe is the immortal post i believe that's what it's called now i read kind of read one of the books you sent me that talks about that pose and um yeah i just remember you kind of showing me how to stand and then you pointed to your chest and you, you made a little smile on your chest like smile with your heart and then you pointed to your mouth like smile with your mouth and then uh, you had me do the stance and it was just, it was incredible. And then I was staring at you and it, because you were, you were, you were, you, you were Thomas, you were standing right in front of me, but you kind of had that same, same aura about you as, as the trees did. Like you weren't an animated tree, but you were Thomas, but your features were different. And, and what I realized after you had me standing that we kind of just did that facing each other for a little bit. I was like, Oh man, like, you just like, you're a tree, dude. <laughs> like you, you really embodied that connection for me, but you, I don't know how you saw it in me, but, but you, you made sure that I could kind of finish that connection. You showed me kind of how to stand like a tree and how to harness that energy. I was already feeling that connection there. And then you kind of turned into a tree right in front of me with, with that, like when we were just kind of meditating, facing each other in that moment. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is, this is really intense. Like Thomas became a tree. And I have this connection to the earth and these trees again. It was incredible, dude. I just, yeah, it was, it was just that the, the tree concept or connection has come up multiple times for me. I mean, it was there in my past and, and to, to reconnect with it there at the retreat was incredible. And then even coming back from the retreat and coming back into, uh, you know, what was, what was my, my normal life trees were present directly when I came back in different ways. Like the first, the first thing I dealt with when I came back was, was actually a tree job for a friend. And, and it was just, but it took on a totally different connotation now that I had a connection with them, you know? Yeah. Wow, man. I love that so much. And so, so I want to go back to, I'm pretty, yeah, the second night of ayahuasca, there's, 
you know, the agreement was there's some supporters maybe going a little bit deeper, but most of the people had done their work at this point. Like this was more of like a community of raising our consciousness together was kind of the intention of the second ceremony. But what was so beautiful in my mind was that after the people did their work, after the participants did their work, like, like you, the second you were done with your work, like you were supporting other people. Like, and so it really turned into this like peer support. And that night we were supporting the shaman. We were supporting supporters, like the supporters were supporting participants. And, and like, it even turned into this whole like play around a queen in like this, this community feeling was so i think one of the most human experiences i've i've ever experienced as well like this was this was so powerful just to watch everybody help each other and i mean everybody from supporter shaman to participant everybody was supporting each other in this community vibration right yeah it was it was just it was really really cool to see kind of how connected we all were how that group consciousness rose how we were equals right how we, how we were seen as equals and that was that was what was told to us on day one i just i just didn't think any of us kind of really knew how to take that because we we're like oh well we're here to learn from you guys you know but but what was just so powerful about that and i go back to the connectivity of it all it was during those those the two ayahuasca ceremonies like we, we were there to support each other and that was not just as participants it was participant to participant, participant to practitioner, but then also practitioner to participant, you know? And so that became really evident, uh, as we were, we were in our second, uh, ayahuasca journey there that like, which was the rest of my lesson. Like there was a point there where the, I, the only way I was able to kind of proceed on my path again, was through the connectivity of others. You know, like I remember laughing, um, I had asked you for a blanket. And, uh, it took a little while, but you're like, I'm going to get you a blanket. And then finally I got it. I ended up with a blanket on me that had feathers and it just, it cracked me up so much. Cause I, in that moment, I just could not, uh, like, I was like, here I am. I'm, I'm down here. I took this chance. I came down to the middle of a jungle in Puerto Vallarta and, you know, we're, we're in these really awesome ancient ceremonies. And then here I am, I end up with a, a, a blanket that is <laughs> feathers wrapped around me and, you know, it just. I started laughing, but the only reason I was able to laugh is because I had seen other participants who were unable to cry, finally cry, uh, who were unable to, to feel, finally feel, who were, who were unable to move forward, finally move forward. Like, and that was through us being in service to each other. You know, if we, if we would have been in a situation where, you know, it's like, Hey, sit here, everybody's on their journey. Like, just let them do their thing. That's not for you. That's for them. Don't interfere. We'll, we'll take, we'll take it from here. Like we're the, we're the medicine people, you know, that kind of stuff. It, None of I wouldn't have been able to get to where I, I got, and I, I'm not sure the others would have either. You know, like I looked at that night and my lesson in that was just to, to have that humility, to be able to laugh at myself, to be able to, to be free. And I had mentioned it, like that was the first honest laugh that I had had in a long time. Uh, and the only reason I was able to have that honest laugh was because someone else was able to have like their honest cry. Uh, they were able to be completely vulnerable uh, in front of someone else, which is, which is just true power, right? That's, that's, that's vulnerability is just a sign of a warrior, right? It's not invulnerability. So to, to see that happen and to be able to interact and be able to be there to support, uh, those in service to us was just incredible. I mean, I had, 
everybody kind of took on their own persona, but they were there. And I remember talking to you at one point and just saying like, man, Thomas, I don't know how you do it, but you are a master at dancing, like with people's subconscious, like you, you, you give them what they, uh, I'll never forget. Cause it just popped into my head and I was laying there wrapped in this feathered blanket and I finally was able to pull my head out of it. And I just touched your, your leg and like you, you give people what they, what they need, not necessarily what they think they want. Um, and there was a moment as we were in service to you guys that everybody kind of their lessons came to me and there, I, I just remember kind of thinking about it. And I, I, I wrote a lot of this down of like what everybody embodied to me, you know, it's like, I just remember one of them just being such the calm to the chaos, you know, he was just so stoic, so good at what he did is just calm and tranquil and tranquil. He just represented wisdom, you know, the equilibrium and the chaos, you know, and just remember seeing one of them as my guardian angel. One of them is just, uh, you know, having the warmth of a thousand feathers. Um, uh, and then one having the voice of an angel, you know, one just being so full of energy that anytime she walked by, you know, that the, the very molecules that were surrounding her would, would dance and vibrate until she passed. And then, um, yeah, just one just taking on kind of a, a necessary presence there as like a, this really powerful shapeshifter. And then, you know, the, the coyote in our group, you know, the shaman of like no tricks, only lessons. And then it was just incredible because everybody had something that they were bringing to the table, but, but they were also, uh, that all came to light when they said, Hey, we're equals. We also need your support. And tonight you can be of service to us. And those were like really powerful lessons for me to be able to see these gifts that others have to give, to be able to, to recognize their commitment. You know, we, we talk a lot in our agency and in our, uh, duty, respect, integrity, right. Like commitment. And, and we, we end up putting our own like spin on those things and they don't always really embody what, what true commitment is, what true duty, what true respect, what true integrity is seeing, seeing the people in service there that have, you know, renounced everything else for a life of service, seeing them, genuinely bear their souls, seeing them, you know, be absolutely 100% vulnerable, uh, seeing them be connected to other people, uh, and then seeing them have the, seeing them have the strength to turn around right away and be in service to others. I mean, that, that was true commitment. That's, that's true duty, respect and integrity right there. Um, and it, and so it was just an incredible opportunity again, and it was not happenstance. It was by design. It was just an incredible opportunity to really be shown what like real love and support and commitment is. Uh, and it, and we couldn't have done it any other way, except for, for us to, to also be able to participate in that capacity and be in service to you guys and support you guys, you know? That was so powerful, man. So powerful. And, and I kind of want to go into one of my experiences a little bit here and just ask you from the outside, because, you know, I actually didn't drink any medicine that night because I was still so deep in the medicine. Um, I didn't really need any, I felt like. And so, but I was getting tired by the end of the night. And so I asked, I asked the shaman, like, you know, I really want some rape. And, and uh, he actually ended up giving me some like cacao. So more like a chocolate, chocolate blend with some tobacco and stuff. And before he gave me anything, he, he told me, he kind of whispered in my ear. He said, I want you just to sit, like, just sit through this. Like, no, no moving, no thinking, just sit just sit with this. And I was like, okay, okay, I, I can do that. And so I remember getting, getting the shots up my nose and it was just super intense. It was way more than the rape. It felt like, I mean, it was just really big. Um, 
And so I was just sitting and like sitting in the suffering. And I, and I remember like the first thing that came was like this image of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he's just looking at me and he just smiles with like this gratitude. And he speaks to me. He's like, if I can be in gratitude during the crucifixion, you can too. And the next thing I saw myself on the cross being like, I was being crucified and I was smiling and I was grateful. And then I watched like my soul go through every like person in the whole world. Like I was a lawyer, I was a murderer, I was the prison guard. I was like the mom, I was the wife, I was the firefighter, the police officer. Like I was literally every person you could ever be in the world. And then like every animal and every mineral. And it's like kind of this soul journey of souls. And then I came back to the fire. And this, I have no idea how long this was, but when I was back to the fire and just staring at the fire, I could, I couldn't do anything but cry. Like I was just crying in gratitude and joy. And maybe it didn't sound like that, but I was just like crying. And I remember, you know, one of the practitioners just came and like held me. And I was, I think at this point, everybody's kind of done with their journey. So it's like, everybody's just watching me cry, but <laughs> felt like. I felt like it was like an hour of me just crying. I have no idea how long it was, but I would, I would love just like for my own integration to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, it's, I guess, you know, what was interesting about that is I, I spent most, a, a lot of us were doing the same thing. We were all kind of in observation mode, I think, because, you know, when we were kind of towards that second ceremony, and because it had taken on the form that it did, it was very introspective, I think, for everybody. We were supporting each other, but there was also just a lot of observation, a lot of contemplation, um, a lot of, of just, I think we were all starting to begin to, to finally know ourselves again and find ourselves again or, or make sense of what it is we were supposed to be doing or who it, who it is we were supposed to be. And so, you know, when I, when I, what I saw occurring that night with, not just with you, but with a lot of the other participants is, is just, cause I, I spent most of that night just hardly saying a word. That was a very, that was a very like really profound night for me because it was all about observation. It was all about watching people on their journey in the medicine but I was like hearing their stories through their, through their, like their, their, their emotions. I wasn't, it wasn't through words. It was just like, I, I was able to understand what they were feeling or at least, you know, my impression of what they were feeling. And so it was kind of, kind of no different seeing that with you. It's like, there was, there's this introspection, there's this contemplation, there's, you, you were very specific in, in like in your, in your, you, you just sat most of the time you sat in a chair for a lot of that night, you were, you were sitting next to me and I did think that was just kind of a happenstance, but I just remember, cause I, I just laid for a long time, laid down and, and looked. And then I remember seeing you by the fire and it was like, man, he, it was just made any time it got to the point where there were tears. It, it just was entirely different than my experience with tears prior to this retreat, right? Tears, they were sad. Some, something was wrong. Someone was upset. But when you go through something like this and you, you, you're that vulnerable to a group of people who, who genuinely care, who are there because they give a shit, tears mean something totally different. You know, to see that brought me tears of joy. It brought a lot of other people tears of joy because it's like he, he, he found it. But whatever it is that he was supposed to find, like he found it, you know, and along the way, 
whenever tears were flowing for anybody there, it's, it's it was because they found something, not because they lost something. It's because they they broke through something, not because they were being held back by something. Like it was just incredible. So for me, that transition or, or that that seeing that come to light in, the, in all of the participants and then in all of the folks in service, it was just, it just, it meant pure joy. It, it, it was, I was just so happy. So like tears of joy, that's a real fucking thing, dude. Like it's totally different now. They're, that's what they represent. That's what tears represent to me now. They don't represent sadness. They, I, I, I cry for like a lot of stuff now. Um, because I'm happy about things, not because I'm sad. Um, and that's what that represented. And I don't know if you remember, but like towards the, uh, one of the most powerful things that, that I think we did was when we closed the ceremony and each one of us had the opportunity to stand in front of the, the those in service and all the participants. It's like, you know, the equivalent of uh, you end a meeting and everybody shakes hands and says, have a good day. But we, what we did is we stood in front of each person and we were only allowed to look them in the eye and we had to tell them what we thought and what we wanted to say only through our eyes. We could not say a word. And that was just so, so incredible, you know, and there were some people that I would look them in the eye and I would immediately just start bawling. And there were some people I look them in the eye and I would smile. And some people I would look them in the eye and we, and we would just, just lock eyes and, and, and nothing would happen. But that's because of what we had to say to each other or, or what they felt, you know, they needed to say to me. And you, it's just so pure. To, to reach a, a state of consciousness like that. It was so pure. And that's what I was seeing. At least that was my perception of what was happening that night is everybody was reaching that level of consciousness that made sense to them for what they were supposed to find. And then being able to close out that way and, and only like, think about how profound that is. You go through something like this and then it's like, you get to tell somebody anything you want to tell them only with your eyes. I mean that you're looking into people's souls, you know, you're, you're, you know, who someone is and they know who you are. And that's, that's really what it's all about. That's, in, that's the human connection. Dude. That's, I had lost that. I mean, I, I didn't know where that was anymore, you know, prior to this. Yeah. That closing ceremony of, of really just staring into each other's eyes, one person at a time, it was so powerful and it really came all the way back to the welcome ceremony for me. It was like very, it was one of the most human experiences I've ever had in my entire life, right? It was just like this human visceral experience of like, I see you. Like, you know, in, in, we always hear the word namaste, but like in, in Tibetan, it's like, I see you, right? And I see the light in you. And it was like, that was it. Like, I see the light in you. And it was so profound. I agree with you, man. Like, I would just, look into their eyes, whoever it was. And sometimes it was five seconds. Sometimes it was a minute before I'd start crying. But I think every person was like this visceral, emotional feel. It was so beautiful, so beautiful. And So the last couple of years, I had to quit coffee because coffee was like this liquid shot of anxiety for me. Like my heart would race. I could focus intently, but only for a couple hours and I would crash super hard. And my sleep was so off. I mean, I would be wandering the universe until, I don't know, three in the morning before I finally got to sleep. And then I had to get back at it at six or seven in the morning. And I was groggy, I was tired. 
It just wasn't working for me. It's not that I was mad at coffee, I was just really disappointed. And so I ended up quitting coffee. And I've been searching for an alternative for a long time. And that's when I came across Mudwater. Mudwater is this amazing, amazing tea. It's got masala chai in it, it's got cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan sea salt. And what's so amazing is that you feel the same energy, that same burst that you get from coffee, but it sustains all day. There's no crash, there's no headache, there's no dehydration. It's just this beautiful experience. And so yeah, I'm gonna say it, fuck your coffee. You gotta switch over to mud water because mud water will change your life. There's immune boosting properties, helps you focus with the lion's mane. There's one seventh of the caffeine compared to coffee. And so there's no jitters, there's no anxiety. It's just this beautiful experience with beautiful plants. So fuck your coffee. So if you wanna try out mud water, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater or go to the shop and click on the button. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater. So one of my favorite things about the Mudwater Company is that they donate a percentage of their profits to the MAPS Institute. It's an organization that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from the careful uses of psychedelics. So the you know, MDMA Psychedelic Assisted Therapy Phase 3 trials, this is MAPS. And that's so important because there's been some amazing breakthroughs in the research with veterans and PTSD and depression and all sorts of amazing things that they're doing. It's so important to support this company. So, so man, I want to uh, really kind of go more to a big picture here and like get your, get your thoughts or like really like your review of like the community that we built, right? Cause we have the WhatsApp chat, we have integration calls, like there's actually a lot of follow-up work. So I want to get your, your thoughts on the follow-up work, the community, the supporters overall. And then then if you could wrap it up with just like a message to people that are like that are thinking about the next retreat. Cause we've got one, we're hoping for June, like it's in the works. And then, you know, late November, early December is we're gonna start doing these like once a month in the wintertime. That's that's the goal. And so for people that are like thinking about it. Um, what's your message? And, and so like, what's the, the community, the support, the integration work? What's that like, man? Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's huge because not really knowing I was committed no matter what, but not really knowing what this was going to be or what form it was going to take on. Um, like having gone through it now, it was like, okay, let's see. I would, you know, Jessica would be like, what, what happens now? It's like, I don't know. But (laughs) what happens now is like a really well thought out, well-designed program for folks, you know, before, even before going to the retreat, uh, there was, there was one-on-one sessions and access to the practitioners. You know, I had a good conversation uh, to, to just set me up for success and, and get my frame of mind right. And with, with Danny, the shaman, you know, just to say, Hey, this is, this is who I am. Let me find out who you are. Let's, let's, let's jump in a little bit and let's, uh, let's get you ready, you know, and kind of get, get, uh, here's some things to work on. Here's here, based on my story. Right. So he's, 
um, even before you actually go down to the retreat, you have access to the practitioners and they start building, um, you know, their, their design for your journey. Uh, and it's very much a, a well-designed journey individual to the participants, but in a way that it's so connected that it raises the consciousness as a whole, you know, um, so that, that access starts early. And I remember having a session with, um, with Jackie as well, the hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy session that really shifted and prepared me to come down there and, and know exactly what it was I needed to work on. Like it kind of like legitimately helped me set my intention and, and look at something a little different than what I had thought, uh, all these years coming into it. So that access to, to folks before to get you, uh, ready, uh, for the experience and then, and then to come down. And when you walk into the retreat, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but you, but then you're, you're there with everybody the entire time you're there with all the practitioners. Right. So like, um, it was just incredible to me that if you had something come up at any point along the way that you wanted to jump into more, well, boom, you have, you have mental emotional release therapists there, like, like yourself, right. We have hypnotherapists there. We have, uh, you have the Reiki, uh, practitioners there. You, you have like emotional support therapists there. Like these, these are the ones that are in service to us throughout the whole thing uh, the entire time. And, you know, it's very just really awesome to know that that support, that, that rug never gets pulled out from under you. It's there before you show up. It's, it's supporting you the entire time you're there. And then when you're done with this retreat, you not only have you built a community with the folks that you went through it with, you know, just like most of the folks in our, our career, you, you go through something that's intense, whether it's good or bad, you you have that new community with people that went through it with you, right? Whether it's on the fire line or, or not. And so not only do you have the community that then becomes a part of your support group through the, through kind of our WhatsApp group chat for that session, um, but you also have access to the practitioners post session as well, you know, like uh, to make sure that you, anytime you need that tune up or anytime you have that question, like the integration is a big deal. So coming back and trying to figure out how you're going to apply the lessons that you learn, all these rewired pathways um, to the life that you left uh, that you have to now step back into. Um, that's a, that's a pretty, I would say for me, it's a delicate dance, right? It's not as easy as it sounds to just come back and be like, Oh, step right back into what, what it was. You're a different person. Um, a lot of the stuff that you're used to dealing with isn't there anymore. And then new stuff is, um, so you have access to, to follow-up sessions with each of the practitioners. I know Thomas, you and I, we had one when I was just having trouble connecting the dots with like, man, how do I bridge the gap between that higher level of consciousness or that, that enlightenment that I got while I was there and like my day, the day-to-day -day grind that I have to step back into without, without losing that, you know? Um, and then, you know, I was able to schedule another follow-up with, uh, with Rocio, one of the other practitioners when I was having these, these feelings come up, uh, after one of our integration meetings with the group on, on, uh, on zoom there that I just, I couldn't make sense of, you know? And it's like, so, so that support, it continues. Um, I actually have a, uh, an appointment tomorrow with Jackie. We had to reschedule today's, but I have an appointment with Jackie to follow up on some other stuff that I've just been kind of thinking about, but not, not really understanding how to work through. So integration is as important to you guys for us as it is like for us to continue moving forward on our journeys. And so what I appreciate about this is that 
not only do we have the peer support and we can tap into any one of our, our participant bros and sisters, you know, through the, through WhatsApp, because we were all communicating that way, you know, as a, a, a retreat group, but we also have the ability if, if there's just something that comes up to, to access the, the practitioners from here forward, right. Moving on. And it's not just a one-time thing. So it's, it's in my experience, that's totally different than any other kind of support I've had with the agency. Because, you know, we all know EAP with like six sessions and you better figure it out or you better find someone else because that's going to dry up or whatever. And I know those, those things are changing along those lines. But with this, it's, it's really comprehensive support. It's there before, it's there during, and it's there after. And one of the things that really has helped me out uh, is that it's not just for me. It's also for your spouses or your significant others. You know, so that, that was pretty important to uh, Jessica and myself to be able to look to the, the support network as a, as a couple, uh, because it's just as important for her, you know, to understand how, uh, this integration is going for me as it is for me, because, uh, you know, we're, we're a team. So, you know, that access is there for, for your support system, your loved ones as well. Oh, that's so beautiful, man. And so I want to get your take on, cause I, I actually wrote a book for the integration process. And I want to get your take on like how helpful that book has been as far as just some of the reading, the kind of the checklists, the exercises. I mean, there's actually, it's a really short ebook, like 50 pages, but it's kind of like my intention was it's, it's about a year of work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a great, uh, you know, it's a great guide to keep you on track during that year of work. There's a lot to it. Like uh, the book itself is short, but what it's, what it's at, what it, can exp- like what can become of those things that you do it's that's a lifelong journey potentially right or at least like you said the very the, the reading list was designed to take about a year um and the steps are just ongoing because the integration doesn't stop uh, but it's a great tool like for example um you know some of the dreams that i was having when i first came back very vivid vivid stuff uh a lot of not a neurons are firing in ways that they weren't firing before you know and so uh your, the dream interpretation guide in there helped me specifically kind of extract what the meaning was out of some of the, the dreams that I was having. The reading list uh, was cool because I can just capture that. I can throw them all on my, my Kindle e-reader there and I can start picking away at those. You know, I'm, I'm um, through my second book now. I'm moving on to my third from the reading list. Um, and it's just stuff that you can pick away at at your own pace. Uh, it's a good guide uh, because the topics are relevant to kind of what we went through. So you can, you can jump into them when you're ready. Uh, but you, uh, but if you're like not ready to, to, if you just want to put your toe in the water, then you can just do it at that pace as well. So, um, and then the, the questions that you have and the resources that you have in there, it's, it's, again, it's just another part of that support system. Some, some people can look at that. And if they're very literal, uh, list, list driven, list oriented, can pro- take tape it to the wall and have a 365 day you know, plan of, of how to continue to focus on their integration. And, and then some folks who are a little more abstract or like myself, I can take a look at it. Uh, I used the, the, the dream interpretation stuff right away. I'm jumping, you know, headfirst into the reading list. Uh, and then I'm referencing the other tools in there, uh, as needed. So it's, it's in, in my head, it's, it's awesome. And it's definitely, uh, a continuation of that support system there. And since whoever give when you leave somewhere, whoever gives you 
like the book on how to how to capture it and how to keep it going right that's very rare so to have that that guide and um it was it's 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 a pretty incredible pretty important tool uh because people can take what they need or take the whole thing uh and use it and apply it immediately uh to connect the dots once they get back you know into their into their groove of what it was before they went to retreat oh man thank you so much i really appreciate that and 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 so I kind of want to shift gears a little bit to like, where are you now? And like, how is your relationship with your spouse? Like, how has work been? Like, if we kind of circle around to where you were at that intersection every single day to now, it's like, brother, like you have completely transformed. And and also like, I want you to like, what's the message for other people to thinking about this? Like knowing like where you're at now, like what you accomplished in literally four days and of course the integration work, but like those four days, like what did that give you now? Yeah, man, that's a, it's a, it's a lot, but it's a little at the same time, you know, like um, where I'm at now, I can only, you know, describe it. Like we, we talked about the opening and closing ceremonies, you know, that when we, when we walked in, if I had been asked to to look in somebody's eyes, and uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean, you you saw it. You guys watched us walk through those doors with our heads hung low, or you know, just or just like the way we were. I, I wouldn't have been able to look anybody in the eyes. And by the end of that, that's all I wanted to do was just I wanted people to see me, and I wanted to see them, and not hide anything anymore. You know, and so that's that's kind of indicative of where I'm at now. There's what I what I found was that I found myself again and right and like we talked about the medicine you know the medicine just reminds you um puts you back into a place to discover yourself it reminds you that that you you are the medicine and you have the ability to be authentic and to be yourself and when you do that that that's you you found it like that's the answer right we've we've i've been on this long journey of, of forgetting that and losing that uh, for a lot of reasons but where i am now is i'm i'm the person who is a hundred percent comfortable with someone looking me in the eye and, and seeing who I am because I, I know who I am again. Right. And that where I was, this was the complete opposite of that. I was, I was not able to hold my head high. I was looking, you know, to do everything I could so that somebody would not see what was really happening inside. And they would just see what they thought I would, I was because that's who I was supposed to be, whether it's because the job said I was supposed to be that, or it's just what they had come to know me as. So that, I think that's the biggest difference is just that, that pre and post is like, it's where pre I lost myself post, I found myself. Right. And that authenticity is what matters. Like being who you truly are or who you, who you, who you come to find is what people gravitate towards. Like no matter what you are, it's authenticity is what people gravitate towards. And, you know, that's just one of the things is we, we talked about that word becoming, right? Like we're always looking for what we should become when, instead of just being what we already are. And that was the the biggest lesson of that is, uh, you know, I, I found who I am again. Uh, and coming back, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've been working on is just letting, letting the other stuff go, like letting the, the other people's projections of what I'm supposed to be or plans for what I'm supposed to do or ideas of how I'm supposed to perform or whatever, just let that go. And, and because I'm comfortable doing that now, 
but also do it in a respectful way that you can communicate. This is, this is who I am. This is what brings me joy. This is why I loved this gig in the first place. Uh, and this is how I want to share that love now. Um, it's night and day, man, but it's, but it's because I, I feel like I can look somebody in the eye and let them see who I am. Right. And, um, that's, we don't always have that. Uh, I would say it's, it's increasingly harder to find, uh, in our agency right now and in wildland fire, there's a lot of guards up. There's a lot of, uh, people that have been through a lot, uh, a lot of skepticism, a lot of animosity, a lot of just anxiety surrounding this, this field, uh, with, you know, the attention that, that it's all getting right now. And so for me, uh, I'm okay with people seeing who I am. I'm okay with, with being who I've always been. Uh, I'm okay if that doesn't fit somebody else's projection of what it should be. I'm okay if it doesn't fit somebody else's plan. Um, the most important thing for me is that the, the people that I work for and care about the most, uh, that I'm in service to them and that they receive hundred percent of my support because I know they give it to me, uh, and, and they can gravitate toward towards it or not. But like, again, that's all I can do is, is be my authentic self. Wow, brother, that is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and any last thoughts for folks listening, like, I mean, yeah, any last thoughts or what would you say to somebody that's kind of, maybe they've gone to the foundation's website a couple of times or thinking about it, but they're not really sure. Like what's your message to them or any other closing thoughts? Oh man, you know, it's, I don't know how, how far it has to go for everybody else. You know, I just, I hope it doesn't have to go um, as far as it did for me, for someone to finally just feel like they, like, do you have to hit rock bottom, right? To, to take advantage of something that's going to remind you of like uh, who you are and, and, and to get back on track. Like, no, I don't think you do. Um, but for people like me who had been told for so long, you know, that, that this is what you're capable of, you know, this is what you, uh, how people view you, whatever, like you, you almost believe that that's that, and you become that, that like, it took me hitting rock bottom and it took me saying like, that is not who I can be right now. And I, and I, I want to do something to fix that. And I want to find myself again, like, uh, it, it, that's what it took for me. Right. But I, I guess my message is, is, is if you're, if you're there, um, then just, then lean into it, man. Um, find yourself again, uh, take advantage of the opportunity that was brought to us by someone who was in our shoes. Like you fought fire for a long time. Melissa fought fire for a long time. You guys are jumpers. You guys are hot shots. You guys have done it. You know, engines. I mean, it's like, you know, our community needs to not wait until people hit rock bottom. Um, and that's, that's why I think this is such an important tool because we're trying to get the word out. And we're trying to get this out there. And this is not an agency sponsored event or it would die on the vine because the agency takes everything good and everything beautiful that the ground tries to build and they wash it away at the political level to make sure that it's uh, not on anybody's radar. So, you know, my advice is just to lean into it, to take advantage of the support that has been brought to us by our community that isn't constrained by anything related to the agency um, and, and to not wait till you hit rock bottom. Don't wait till you're at an intersection, uh, you know, wishing that somebody would T-bone you. Don't let it get to the point where, you know, you're numb and your marriage is affected and your loved ones are seeing you suffer. Um, 
because it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and so, yeah, my message is if you're lurking in the background and you're not sure, um, it, hopefully uh, you, you can you can hear kind of the way I was able to transform and hopefully hear soon the other participants stories um, and just and take that chance on yourself. You're not really taking it for anybody else. You're just taking that chance on yourself. And I would say do so sooner than later because you, you really have nothing to lose. Wow, brother, thank you so much for your story, for your sharing, for just opening your heart out with us today and and for sharing like from the bottom of your heart, brother. It just, it means so much. We've cried, we've laughed. It's just been an amazing time together. And, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you. It is so important to talk about these experiences, to talk about the healing, to talk about the alternative ways of getting the work done right because this is totally alternative like you said it's completely outside the radar of a lot of things but it's it's what needs to happen right now for a lot of people right it's like what they need not necessarily what they want i loved how you said that so thank you so much roger um any last thoughts before we wrap up here oh man no i just uh just thanks man for all the support that I want to thank uh, Melissa and then the entire staff the wildland wellness foundation uh, all the participants for for sharing their experiences with us that time and and hopefully you know for sharing their stories now uh, it's just been it's been incredible uh, and I'm just happy to have something like this exist and again I've been a part of a lot of agency uh, grassroots efforts that have kind of died on the vine and so it, to me I'm just hopeful like I said, that we have something that isn't tethered to that, that has someone who's super motivated behind it, a group of people that are really motivated behind it and, and just purely want to be in service to others. I mean, that's rare, man. And that's what this is all about. So just thank you again for the opportunity to go through that. And if anybody, you know, gosh, I, at any time, <laughs> I, I put my name out there. I put the forest I work on out there. I come across a lot of folks who are probably going to listen to this. Like anytime you can feel free to pick my brain. Um, like I said, I have no problem talking about it and no problem letting people know who, who I am and what it's done for me, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And just, I love you, Roger, so much <laughs> and just so much love for you and, and thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. Love you too, man. I appreciate everything. Ah, it's an honor. I mean, it's an honor to have gone through this together and it's an honor to be able to come back and, and share my story with anybody who wants to hear it. I want to guide you through natural wellness and holistic medicine, which means using products like essential oils, essential vibes, glutathione mouthwashes, or even reading books. There's so many products out there that can help us, supplements, essential oils. There's so many things about the doTERRA lines of essential oils that I use every day, like lemon to detox my body and help me hydrate, like on guard to give me that extra edge in my immune system with the pandemic going, uh, balance to keep me grounded and moving forward in my life. I use the oils every single day, morning, afternoon, night. One of the biggest things they help me with is sleep. I sleep so well because I'm, you know, I'll lay on the lavender, I'll lay on the balance, I'll feel so grounded and sleepy and it's lights out. And I know the wildland fire community just struggles so much with sleep, really the lack of it, right? 
on top of that, there's books. There's, I've written three major books for the Wildland Fire community, and, and I want you to try them out. Give them a read. Get the ebook. Get the paperback. Whatever suits you. But there's Overcoming Anxiety Like a Hero. Really teaches you how to get into a flow state. Awakened by Heart Fire is really the spiritual aspects of Wildland Fire. And the Heart Fire Anthology, the guided meditations, the Heart Fire Method will completely change your life. And of course, Six Minutes for Excellence. That is a guidebook for wildland firefighter excellence, peak performance, mindset, all those things. So go to mountainmindtricks.com, check out the store, check out essential oils, essential vibes, uh, go to the publishing tab, check out the books. Natural wellness is all about taking one step today that makes us 1% better. 1% better today, 1% better tomorrow, and 1% better the next day and the next day. One little habit adds up to moving an entire mountain with our health. That's what I want to guide you through. The essential oils, essential vibes, books, supplements, whatever you need, I'm here for you. So just go ahead and go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the shop and go to essential oils, essential vibes, or go to the publishing tab and, and check out the books we've got.